0: Drifted alarmingly in the betting was you know fancy in the morning continued to drift. it was late on the on the exchanges to, to
1: lose. It was uh, something you'd see in a, a Dick Francis novel, of Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft. It's not. It's, no, it's heavy. It's soft on times. It's, it's, it's heavy. Okay. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday sermon. My name's Lee Keyes of systembet.co.uk and with me is John Leng of John Joe's Blogspot to chew the fat on this Sabbath. Good John, name. it's an interesting... Good evening, John. Good evening. Uh, it's an interesting show this evening. Uh, we've got some good questions and some interesting topics together with town naps from me and John and some interesting horses for Jimmy Lindley. I'll get straight on with the fair tonight. Given that this is a, a, a time-limited show, we like to keep this short and sharp. And the first question this evening is from Paul Rich. And he's and, and this is quite a an intelligent question for a Sunday sermon. Normally we, you know, we like things like, you know, winning a in a gorilla and a and a bear in a in a in a knuckle fight. But Paul Rich says, what do gorilla. you think? <laughs> Gorilla, gorilla, yeah, yeah. You're probably knocking. <laughs> twenty times harder, twenty times harder than Tyson Fuel. You know, I mean, that's some knockout, though, isn't it?
0: That, that can knock walls now, can't it? We're, we we should
1: we should send a gorilla to Ginger Hitler, really, shouldn't we? You know, so he could have a couple of rounds. A of
0: gorilla ground.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that one in trading places. You know?
0: Yeah, that one too, yeah. Clarence <laughs> Bates. <break. laughs>
1: he was a bastard, was not he?
0: You know? yeah. <laughs>
1: <Long>. <laughs> anyway, so, so going on to Paul Rich's uh, question. He says, Guys, what do you think of sectionals? Should all courses provide them? Stride length and, and paid seem useful tools when assessing two to three-year-olds as well as breeding. He says he looks at dam side with colts and sire side with fillies. Am I totally wrong? Well, oh, Paul, um, I, I don't think you are. I think, it's, I, think, I think it's all part of the variable pot. Um, stride length is very important I, 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 since the data has become available uh, to measure whether horses want uh, distances or whether they want sprints because – it, it's common sense, really. If you've got a, a short stride pattern uh, that's doing uh, so many strides per second, um, you're more likely to be a sprinter. And obviously, the less strides per second, you're more likely to be a stayer. It's it's common sense there, and I think that's useful when when assessing um, unraced uh, or, sorry, uh, once raced or once-raced two and three-year-olds, so you can just get a handle of, of where they are where they are trip-wise. So no, I don't think you you're on the wrong path there. Sexual timings I use to great effect, and it's a big part of my betting. So, yeah, absolutely, you're on the right lines. Breeding, absolutely. You know, with with, with dam and sires, uh, dam sires, because edges on ground distance, you know, with your betting, rather than just pure form pointers, which a lot of punters will just look at. And um, there's more there. I do a little weekly... Um, Betting for a living, if you like, uh, a podcast. You might want to listen to a few of those that might might take your interest. That's available on the on YouTube archive or SoundCloud. Uh, John, have you any? T- do you do you? Does stride length and um, uh, sectional times interest you?
0: Stride length interests me. Um, actually measuring it doesn't. Uh, I think over the years I've looked at enough stride patterns to. So when one's outstandingly covering my ground, than the horse's stature would indicate it should be, or vice versa. Um, I think it's something I can pick up on visually, um, but it, it is something that tends to catch me eye when I uh, when I look at a horse's. Uh, stride pattern and things, you know, I, I, I would notice when it, uh, when it covers an extraordinary um, large amount of ground.
1: I think there's, I think there's, I think there's no finer sight than seeing a, like a, a group class thoroughbred with, with a big stride. I mean, I can tell you now, uh, Paul, um, the, the, the world record for the, for the biggest stride length is Bernardini. That had, I believe, I've I actually forgot the actual number. I think it's 26 feet something, tw- 26 and a half feet, I think it was. Nothing has, has got has got got to that length. So, do you remember Bernardini, John?
0: Oh yes, yeah. Uh, not No, one I would called an exceptional movie. After either, really. uh is. Uh, actual action wouldn't have took it out that much I suppose but it's, uh, it's surprising how much some of them can go
1: I mean Simon Rowlands once wrote an article on it and um you know Simon Rowlands loves a good buffet I mean you know I mean he will He these all you can eat places Simon Rowlands would he's international class but he, 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 he really is Um but I mean he 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 did an interesting article um, on on stride length that's that's available for all to see, um, and he and he talks you know fair bit of sense on it. But I mean, I'm certainly can I'm certainly he's better with five plates and all you can eat Chinese than than, than he is with anything else really. But Simon Rowlands there a plug for him there. If you look if you Google that online, you can learn a bit about stride length and patterns. Which might improve your betting. So, great question, Paul. Rich, uh, like questions like that that are outside the box. Um, and the next question is also a bit out of the box. Uh, it's from Andrew Woodman, who is a, a, an avid listener of the show. And um, he's, I mean, he's uh, listen. I mean, I mean, the, the, this fellow is, is dead inside. I, I've never met anyone as dead inside as, as uh, Andrew Woodman. But he says. What is your favourite racing betting storyline story on TV and film? He says it's a toss-up toss between J.J. Mooney's story in Minder and, uh, and the Sid James's tipping budget in Carry On At Your Convenience. John, have you got some brilliant uh, fil- uh, betting film or storyline?
0: I think the, the film that influenced me most as a kid was a, a film called The Rainbow Jacket which uh, starred that old fucker out of uh, Last of the Summer Line, <laughs> Bill Owen, uh, who was a bent jockey. And yeah. at first it looked like he was going to try to make the Wonder Kid bent, and then he gets to the climax of the film, and the Wonder Kid said he wasn't going to be bent, and Bill Owen had to go and be bent on his own, and Robert Marley was in it, and... Uh, Steve Carson was very keen on the film, by all accounts, as well. Uh, yeah. Same age group, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was probably my biggest influence as a kid, the, the Rainbow Jacket.
1: Good stuff, the Rainbow Jacket. Right, I've got to watch that then, because I've, I've I've not watched it. Um, in, interest? Do you think Billowing was was like with the script and that he was thinking I'd rather stop this. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: i think he was the go to man for playing uh jockeys in the in, in mid fifties uh, he was great size he looked bent uh and, and probably was bent you know? uh,
1: what what do you what do you class as looking bent like compo? Well, Is looking that, like, like, like
0: looking way. like bill Owen, yeah uh, <laughs> you know. uh it's it's that uh, it's that raffish, roguish look, isn't it? You know, uh, yeah. you, you might have a share the smiling, but you just might not as well. You know, uh, it's, it's that type of thing, you know. Uh, you might stay out all night, but you might come home. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's that look, isn't it? You know,
1: yeah. Well, so, so that's it. The rainbow jacket, we, we've all got a I either buy a copy, get a copy and, and, and get it watched because I'm intrigued by John's choice there. That sounds my sort of film. Um, for me, John, and you, you'll be familiar with this, it has to be, it's just the king of kings, isn't it? Robbie Box. Oh. Big deal. I mean, that that's just, I mean, if anyone's lived through the 80s and 90s or, <laughs> or even late, late, late 70s as an adult, you know, you'll you'll be you'll be bouncing at Robbie Box you know, on big deal because it's just literally the typical what went off back then. You know, you it was it's just amazing. It was a manual, wasn't
0: it?
1: Yeah. I mean I I I'd even say me in my early twenties, you know, I was probably about the equivalent back then of, of Robbie Box. I was literally looking for every single edge I could find. I was looking for every smidgen of value from every betting shop I could find. You know, if somebody was offering 100% bonus on Union Jacks, you'd ask if they were taking football bets and you'd up, they'd be like 24 odds on shots, you know, on, on, on a night card, on internationals. All things like that remind me of a, a, a big deal. It's well written. It's just fantastic. If you've never watched it, say we've got younger listeners, I urge you to get copies a big deal. Uh, you will absolutely love it. Uh, just just keep watching it because I guarantee you, you won't watch it once. You'll watch it over and over. It's uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Fantastic, so that'll be my yeah. job. Yeah, so big deal from me and um, John is Rainbow Jacket, which I'm definitely going to watch, absolutely 100%. Right, we move on to the uh, to the fat part of the show. where We discuss rating issues. And the first one is... Fixtures and race planning, where the BHA seemed to be in a bit a bit of a muddle with what sort of racing to put on. I mean, I always thought it was winter, it's jumps, uh, uh, spring, summer, uh, you know, after the national, it's it's all about the flat, and that's it. Nothing else matters. But that doesn't seem quite the case, John.
0: Well, these waggle heads in the chat, and know exactly what the book is telling me to do. And uh, it's, it's not really adding up because. There isn't the money there to cover the fixtures and the building makers aren't bothered. They're just telling the VHA we want this and we want that and so on and so forth. And if you can't pad it out with prize money, it's our problem. And the VHA, in their infinite wisdom, are just saying, well, oh, we can do that, and, <laughs> you know, and away they go. Uh, and they're putting on fairly shit cards for fairly shit money and they're open, nobody notices. Well, you know, so that everybody's will tell it. So I mean, now you've got a mess on your
1: hands. I mean, this is a thing for me, and I think racing's got a problem here, because we touched on this the other night about, about clerks and the courses and things. And I, and I think we should touch on it again, in that, so you looked at Exeter put on a fixture the other night and literally there was hardly any runners. It was it was absolute bore, snooze fest, good to firm ground, boring, which you're gonna get towards this time of year yeah. over jumps. And it, I mean, so why 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 are we putting three jumps cards on on good to firm? And then why then, for example, uh, ripping on Saturday with great prize money, um for the track, really. I mean, Johnson said it was poor prize money. But to be honest, in these times at the moment, when we see what the Spring Cup was worth and we saw what the Lincoln was worth, you know, Rippon didn't actually do that bad a job. And yet there was absolutely no runners. Now, our trainers, do you think, like dictating the game, as in they're just not willing to run their horses on Goods firm, forcing the clerks to put too much on to make it over watered slop?
0: Absolutely. See? Absolutely. Um and it's a crying shame really because these these small failed cards I mean Johnson case in point. He's winging about the uh, the prize money. Yeah we had two gimme ripping on that. Yeah. Both of them at the running. Uh, both highly unlikely to get raised. So why not have a go about the prize money, if you're one of the most main-spirited people in the game? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it, it's appalling, really. I mean, Haggis had a spell where he had to go at Redker over the level of prize money at Redcar, And uh, since then, just about everything Haggis has run at because one, won. His percentage will be off the graph at Redker. Um i'm I'm sure it, there's some kind of madness in it where it, where it's frightening away opposition from certain races you know uh and chosen plenty it, it it's awful this this state of affairs with racing because you get to the end of the season' I'll be oh, looking for a opportunity to run um and <laughs> you'll you cast your mind back to this time of year and think, what the blue hell were they doing? And really, it's don't go owners to kick these trainers up the arse and say, look, get, get my arse ready and get it going. I don't want to be shelling about like this while you'll eat your bletherings or whatever the hell you call them. And, uh, you know, get on with it with my arse, please, if you don't mind. You know.
1: well, that, that's it, isn't it in a way. I mean, we all, we. Sh- I know Nick Davis, a regular listener, is it, you know he's he's sort of like really annoyed with with the clerk sometimes. But I do think the pressure comes from the trainers because the, the thing is, if if they're just saying ah no, nah, it's too too quick, it's too quick, you know, it it, it kind of makes it forces them the clerks to say well we've got to shove more on or else they're not going to turn up. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's uh, I. It's just, it's, we're in we're in strange times because this never never went on back in the day. No. Uh, like we've probably weakened the breed, and and, and th- this race planning to me is bizarre because as I said, jump racing is for winter, flat racing is for it, it, this is it now. Jump racing should be gone, be, be, done, be done with you, oh, out, out and away. Um, and it's not it's, it's still around. It's you know regular fixtures. I, I just. I know some horses need an opportunity, but it's just overkill with it. I, I just think we need to be concentrating on flat. And who, who, what, what prize money problems have we got? You know, it's, we, can't, we can't fund racing properly, yet we're putting on six, seven meetings
0: a day, John. Well, it just illustrates that they don't live in the real world, doesn't it? You know, I mean, so any folk should be able to say that we can't afford to do this. on it goes you know and there's there's not a dissenting advice to the top table why can't they say this you know we've got no money there's no prize money let's put more Margaret fixtures on why isn't somebody just putting their hand up and saying whoa hang on a minute I mean have you noticed as
1: well have you noticed as well I mean by stealth by the bookies again, you know. I, I know mm. we pay them as evil all the time, but they are. Um, mm. <laughs> um, but I mean, the starts now are like one o'clock on most days, as if to catch the lunchtime crowd, and then they finishing. I, I'll guarantee you this summer they'll be they'll be meeting starting at still at one o'clock when it used to be two o'clock in this summer. Um, I'm not finishing till nine at night. They just they, if they had their way. If they had their way, I mean, they tried it back in the day with banded racing starting at 10, 30, 11 back, o'clock, yeah. the morning meeting Yeah. They'll do anything they can to, yeah. to, to get racing wall to wall from 10 a.m. till 9 p.m. And it, it's just, it's the wrong model. It's the—it's wrong for racing. It really is. But that leads us into uh, point two of tonight's chew the fat. And basically, Ralph, uh, Ralph Rafe, Ralph Rafe. He tried uh, this morning to really stick the knife into the BHA on Nick. Look, uh, it was quite entertaining viewing, really. He was really bitter. In fact, if you you know, basically, I, I I I know when you see someone that's bitter, he was very bitter, really bitter, because. Apparently, a trainer withdrew the name last year from the BHA criticisms, and and he said he was put under a he was put under a bus with Ralph, you know, by, yes. by the public. Yeah, Ray, Ray sorry, Ray. And, <laughs> and um, he says to put it in a nutshell, please, John, because I know, like, obviously, we haven't all got uh, limitless time where we can watch every every show going but he says this is Ralph he says what on earth are the BHA doing employing uh, a retired policeman a buyer for, a buyer former buyer from Waitrose a former champion rower and a woman from the tele and uh, basically running the BHA John <laughs> well, I not know it's
0: probably like a pretty good combination is it right uh, <laughs> I mean Huh? Especially the ones from the telly, a seasoned weather girl or something like that. Enrique <laughs> uh, right, jobs. Well, I'd, I'd like to get to the bottom of who it is that's been critical of the BH and I was, I was liking the edge. I understand that Rafe is quite critical, but Ralph quite likes them, and I think Ralph is probably the one that's sticking up the edge, yeah, But Rafe is sticking the knife in he's causing a lot of conflict in his own house um, with his missus especially Uh, (laughs) uh, I feel sorry for him when he feels he's been chucked under a bus you know because I mean as as Rafe or Ralph or Rafe he he, he won't have ever chucked anybody under a bus himself as uh, a well meaning public school boy and you know, friend to all man for all seasons. Uh, Johnston was part of this criticism, I believe. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, he, he
1: was moaning, dropped moaning, yeah.
0: Moaning. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know why he's still in the game. He, he should piss off and be a concert pianist or something. Uh, he, he obviously hates it. Uh, I mean. I, I don't know, I mean, they're right in what they say, you know, the BHH gives people key positions with no regard for whether they're going to be any good at it, and then they just assume that they're being good at it, uh, whereas Rafe has his finger on the pulse, and he, he's watching everything with an all-seeing eye, and has decided that they're not up to the snuff, and yeah. he, he wants changes, well... I don't think
1: he's Good gonna
0: get him Yeah, I gonna say I don't <laughs> think he's gonna get him, is he? Uh, Sixty sixers. The you know. And there's yeah. no takers at that. No, yeah. no. I mean uh, he
1: he he's got he's got more chance of Tiger a road than in, in the national isn't he? Uh, yeah. You know. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think I think I think Ralph Rafe would, would win back favour with punters. Um, you know like to give, he'd get more respect off Pompers if he did what Simon and Ed Crisford had done, had become a joint trainer licence, Ralph and Rafe Beckett. What do you think? Absolutely,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, that,
1: that would curry flavour with it. It would have cleared up
0: a lot of confusion, wouldn't it? Absolutely, because then we'd uh, we know
1: him as Ralph and Rafe. And, uh, yeah. Absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that would have been the way for I think.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, listen, you, you have got something to tell me this week, and, and tell the listeners this week. You've got you've got a tale of the turf, and your tale of the turf, a legendary job. So I, w- I want you to like tell this story in your own words from past memories of the racing game.
0: Alright. Um, is, is this the one about the, uh, the cricket?
1: Yeah, I think that's the one you said you were going to bring up. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um... Well, when uh, when I was a junior cricketer uh, back, oh my God, about 1983 time, I was also the vice captain of the, uh, the senior team at my local village and, uh, I mean, me and ginger Hitler played in that team and uh, we, uh, we didn't have a pot to piss in either of us, you know. Uh, and as luck with have if you if you were the race captain, you were the you were the treasurer as well. Well, that meant you took all the team money in all season. You know, everybody's giving you the toe quid at team and Whatever you're supposed to pair that in the bank, and at the end of the season you you put your votes in. Well, this. First week in October, it uh, was uh, Cesarevich week, and uh, I got sent three horses. Now, mainly ginger it, but we, we were in our usual state of poverty, and we, we basically we didn't have enough to buy a pair, but I a better mate's things, and. Uh, the first one was running on the Wednesday. Now, we had a problem as well because there was a committee meeting for the cricket on the Sunday night where the money had to go in. So after a brief, Connors lad, me and the, the injured lady he bollocks to it, and uh, we stole the cricket money to uh, to back the horse. Uh, we didn't steal all of it. Uh, I think we left about 15 quid in the gear, um, which again, I, I, I don't know why we did that because that wouldn't have kept us out of prison lately. Really. You know, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it may have been hush money for somebody who was as skint as us, but other than that, it wasn't going to live anything it so good. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, we. We piled the money on this first thing. Uh, It was a horse of John Dunlop's called Tommy Way. And uh, it won by eight lengths. And it went on to win the Italian Derby the following year. Some judge you are? Well, it wasn't me that sent it. I only received it. Ah, uh, right. (laughs) So, um, we were happy, you know. We We had a couple of drinks. That sort of spilled over into the Thursday and Friday. Well, by the time the Saturday comes round and you square a few things up with a few people, um, there's no money in the till again. So we're back in the jar, aren't we? Well, this, this time it's one of stout. Uh, from the only crop of Shargar called Dolka. So anyway, we didn't even leave the fifteen in the guar this time, we said Bullets tell it. What what was it
1: called what was it called again, John?
0: Dolka. D O L K. D O L L K. Dolka. D-O-L-K-A. Dol- yeah. Dolka. Uh, and Bugger made that one as well. Um but uh, it, it it was a, a little bit of a fine thing because it was in the days of the old Excel blower. And uh, <laughs> they were going into the final term and he hadn't been mentioned. Um, Ginger Hitler was getting his face ready for saying, well, it wasn't his fault and it had nothing to do with him. And uh, it was all my idea. <laughs> and uh, and I was, I was just getting ready for handing in my resignation and telling them that good-looking boys like me shouldn't get sent to prison. Uh, but, anyway, 100 yards out, they said it was coming through, made progress, and whoever was going the Excel commentary got it up on the line, uh, subsequently showed it won fairly easily on the Monday when we saw the Spartan Life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that was no good to us. Um, but,
1: yeah, did you yeah, yeah, that like? was. A... <laughs> what what, what did
0: you feel like inside in five <clears throat> oh, I thought I was going to spew up, to be honest. <laughs> uh, we were straight out the veterinary shop and then uh, went to our local sports club and I, I, I had a very large whiskey. I just uh, settled myself down a bit. Uh, there, there was a brief moment in the race I thought I was going to prison. Definitely. <laughs> I, mean, I, I wouldn't, have, say, I wouldn't have uh, messed about the our club, you know. The 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 colours, the, 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 the lines, so that's
1: taming So. Great story, fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, I, in that position, jeez. I mean, like you say, the the old Excel commentary is hilarious because uh, the, no. it, it's as if they deliberately left it exciting for for the betting shop customers staring at a speaker. I mean,
0: little,
1: yeah. you know, it's like it wins two and a half lengths and, it, and it's like, and it doesn't get a mention until, yeah. like you said, last, last, last few strides and finishing fast down the outside. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it was great. Um, great days and a great story. Thanks, John. Uh, we move on to um, Punchestown because we need to give you our bankers for the Punchestown meeting. And I know John's very keen on one for the festival this week. Um he thinks it's his banker for Punchers Town, John.
0: Um, I don't think you can go wrong with Alaco in the champion state uh, champion chase. Uh I was massively impressed with it in the Ryanair. Uh first I felt like the winner of the Ryanair with that the uh, Saki Hudries and, and uh, this yeah. thing just kicked the living shit out of it, didn't it really? Uh yeah. Um I, I just think this is made such strides this year, it's different gravy. Um so as far as not uh, not exactly taking it eye out, but uh, I think it wants taking myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. Alahurt seven to four with the uh, superb Rachel Blackmore in the saddle. With, to the guide song. with the side yeah winter. Yeah. Um so, uh, a good selection there from John as the banker. Uh, my banker of the week at Punchestown Town would be in the Gold Cup, which would be Ken Boy. Uh, Wicked Willie um, has a good record at Punch's Town at uh, uh, for the spring meeting. And Ken Boy's two from three at Punch's Town. He likes flat tracks. I always saw Kenboy as a King George horse. But they've never decided to run him in the King George. I I think he'd absolutely bullied them with his front-running style. You know, he put Prodon on to bed. You'd be down there,
0: wouldn't
1: you? <laughs> well, I'm I'm astonished they've never even considered Kemboy for a King George. It's yeah. astounding. And I, and I do think spring ground Kemboy out and away you go. He beat uh, Al Boomfo, so you know the, the, the horse you never see. Uh, he, yeah. he beat that two two years ago. In this race, and I, I don't see any different here. I think this is his track. I think yeah. I think he'll just bound bound on. He's free going. That's fine on this sort of ground. And I think Kenboy at six to one each way. A pleasure. Yeah, so that, that'd be mine. That's on the Wednesday yeah. in the five fifty five race. So um, hopefully, me and John will line your pockets with gold. Going into the weekend, which I'll announce now is going to be uh, a big show indeed. Uh, it's the Guineas show on Friday. Uh, we're very, very excited for the weekend. Me and John, one of the best weekends on the calendar, the new market, 2,000 and 1,000 Guineas. And, uh, John, any chance we could persuade the ginger Hitler to appear? Friday?
0: Um, we, I've actually opened negotiations with him. and uh, yeah, He, he said he's willing to give it some thought. Yeah.
1: Well that that's better than, than what you normally get out of it. But but yeah, I mean I mean we'll see we'll see if we can get uh the Ginger Hitler for the for the Gilly special on Friday. And to round the show off this evening, uh myself and John have got uh two uh eye catchers. Uh I will go with mine first, because uh, 'cause John's got a nice one in Ireland. I mine's a little bit more obvious this week. It is a uh a it's a banker for a Phillies maiden it's trained by roger varian his horse called timeless soul it ran on saturday and it ran at haydock and it was behind a horse called Hangarn that had run to about 75 ish maybe high 70s prior uh, very slow pace early on uh, did the sectionals timeless soul was out the back um you know it was a debut and she made great late ground she would have any normal run race, she'd, she would have won. I'd put her around the 85 mark, and I think that's a banker for most of these men's. I'm not saying you want to be taking on big stuff, but it's kind of kind of good if you find a quiet maiden, take the money, have the lot on. Uh, timeless Soul uh, on Saturday, the 24th of April, for, uh, is my follow-up for a, a maiden banker. John, you've got one in Ireland, I think, from Saturday.
0: Yeah, um African Rose, uh trained by former actor Will Ferrell uh, <laughs> I ran on Saturday, wasn't off a step, basically. Um held up a slowly run race. Modest late gains. We'll probably go up to ten at least next time out. And unless getting absolutely clobbered by the handicap it should be. Somewhere,
1: somewhere close to winning their race, really. Those stuff, yeah. I noticed it was, it was sort of, and Limerick for me on on Saturday was suiting pace mainly, not oh, all completely. the time, but pace and inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think this was really eye catching, so I think you're onto something here. I think it's a it's a really good follow of this for your trackers. Um, anything that's formally trained by Dermot Weld, obviously the. the, the going on to whether Dermot was training properly last year it's like Stout Stout didn't train properly last year Dermot probably he had a bad season last year and maybe maybe that's it you know horses leaving his, his care to Will Ferrell like you say uh, the actor uh, might improve might improve the horse um,
0: well
1: i the if nothing else <laughs> absolutely Right, so I hope you've enjoyed this uh, Sunday sermon. Um, that's that's just about it for me and John. We're back on Friday, I'd say, with with the Guinea special, hoping to persuade uh, the Panzer commander to, to join <laughs> us uh, with with some horrid thoughts. I mean, you know what what goes off in his mind is just not worth really talking about. Terrible thoughts, um, but we're hoping to get him to join us for the weekend. So I hope you have a great week and. Like plenty of winners. That's all from me and John. Bye for now.